Welcome to Bethlehem Covenant Church's sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed as you listen to this message. I am excited to to be here and to spend some time diving into scripture together. Like Pastor Dan said, uh, my name is R.J. Bacani, and I am the executive director at Covenant Cedars Bible Camp. Uh, Just a quick raise of hands for me. Who's ever been out to camp before? Awesome. Good to see you again. Uh, Whether we've been there or not, or or whether we even realize it or not, uh, this church has been a part of the story that God is writing at camp. Uh, Sandy Kendrick, uh, one of your guys' congregants, she was on our board for many years. Uh, She was actually on the board that hired me. Uh, So for better or for worse, you guys kind of hired me too. Um, uh, Jason Eden, he not only works with your students here, uh, but he works on our, our, our board now to create space for students there. Uh, and speaking of your students, you guys have a long history of sending students to camp. So again, I, I say all of this to tell you that you guys are part of the story, that God is writing at camp. You guys make camp happen. You, you guys make ministry possible because you allow us to create space for people to know Christ. That's been kind of our uh, renewed vision this year, that our heart, our, our, our purpose, our, our, our mission is to create space for people to know Christ. That, that's something that our entire staff, our entire team has really been working through this entire year, and it's become increasingly important to me that everything that we do is done with the, the purpose, with the intention, with the goal in mind of creating space for people to know Christ. We need to be able to focus on our vision. Because vision is important. Without it, we're going to lack direction, right? We need to know where we're going. We need to know where we're headed. Otherwise, we're going to get stuck doing things that don't really matter. Things that don't really like achieve our vision, don't help us accomplish our goal. It's, it's probably never been easier for us to, to lose sight of this vision that the pace of life is moving faster than ever. Uh, our, our schedules are, are busier. Our to-do lists are longer time. It just it feels shorter, doesn't it? Uh, we, we are a more connected generation than ever because of these, which is awesome. Uh, but it, it can also really impact our ability to, to focus. It can impact our, our ability to, to engage and, and be present. And I'm not just talking about our young people. I'm talking about everybody. Like we are all constantly overloaded. So it, it should be no surprise to us that we as a, as a people, as a generation, are, are more stressed out, more, more distracted, more, more anxious about all of these things that, that we have to get done. But that, that's not the vision that God has for us. Jesus tells us, if I could get that, that first slide, Jesus tells us that, that he has a vision to bring us peace. If we're note takers, we want to write that down because you're going to see that slide like 15 more times. Jesus tells us he has a vision to bring us peace rather than, than being constantly overwhelmed by the grind of life. Now, full transparency, hands up here. I, I am not the best person to teach you about this. Uh, I, I am, my wife will tell you, I'm the most anxious person. Pastor Dan will tell you the same thing. I'm stressed stuff. But I, I do trust 
what the Lord tells me. And, and there is this incredible moment in Scripture, and if we grew up going to church, we've heard this story before, uh, where, where Jesus has this interaction between two sisters, Mary and, and Martha. One of these sisters is, is living in this peace, while the other is, is struggling. She's living overwhelmed. And we can witness this peace that Jesus offers to them, which is the same peace that he offers to us this morning. So if we have our Bibles, we're going to be in Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 38. If you don't have your Bibles, I have the text on the screens behind me, so I got you. Uh, But we'll be in Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 38. And this is what it says. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, He came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home up to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to get in here and help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried, you are upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So this is a a, a pretty simple story. Uh, Jesus, he goes to this town, he goes in this village where a, a woman, actually his friend named Martha, invites him into her home. And as any good hostess, she immediately goes into her kitchen and she starts like whipping up all these snacks and and bringing out all this food. But then she gets overwhelmed. And Mary, her sister, is sitting there doing nothing. This isn't even her home. This is Martha's home. She's the one paying the rent. She's the one paying the mortgage. And, and, And Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus doing nothing. So, so Martha goes to him saying, are, are you just going to leave me here to do this all by myself? I, I can, can you tell her to get in here and, and help me? And, and Jesus responds with Martha, you are stressed. You are overwhelmed. And he addresses something that's happening to her on the inside. And he gets to this incredibly profound teaching that we will get to in, in just a few minutes. But the first we can learn this morning, if I get that next slide, the first thing we can learn this morning is that our peace with Jesus requires focus. Again, if you're taking notes, write that down. Our peace with Jesus requires focus. Otherwise, just like Martha, we are going to get distracted. Now, here's the thing about Martha. She gets kind of a bad rap, right? Uh, but, But the thing about Martha is that men at this time would want to be with someone like her. I mean, she is responsible. She owns her own house. She's cooking a meal. There's a lot to like about Martha. And her sister Mary is sitting there like a freeloader doing nothing. But, but Martha was someone to respect. But with all of that respectability came this burden, this burden of stress that was impacting her life impacting her her relationships, primarily with with Jesus, the the Son of God, who is literally sitting 10 feet away from her. 
Again, if I could get that next slide, Jesus, Jesus tells us he has a vision to bring us peace. And right now, Martha is not living in that peace because she has gotten distracted and, and lost focus of what really matters. Again, let's go back to, to verse 40 on that next slide. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Now, who, who said these things had to be made? We're not told anywhere that Jesus asked her to, to, to prepare anything. We're not told that Jesus asked her to cook anything, to clean anything. We're not told that, that Jesus asked her to do anything. The only thing that we are told is that somewhere throughout her day, Martha gets distracted, loses focus, and she feels like it's all up to her. She knows that, that Jesus is coming, and she's like, well, now, now I have to do something nice. I mean, this is Jesus we're talking about. I can't just make fish and loaves. He can multiply that anytime he wants to. This has to be something good. And she allows this pressure to build in her mind that it's all up to her, she loses focus and it impacts her relationship with Jesus, her ability to be present. Distraction was having this negative impact on her life, impacting her relationships, impacting her, her, her ability to engage with what was happening around her, impacting her intimacy with Jesus. Martha was distracted by all of these things that had to be done. This is going to be truth hour, truth time, all right? Does anyone else this morning feel kind of distracted by all of the things that we have to get done? Does anyone, thank you, does, does anyone else this morning feel unable to be fully present and engage with Jesus this morning? Maybe. We're like so distracted, so, so bombarded by all these things we have to do as soon as we get out of here that we're not even paying attention to me right now. Maybe I'm just boring. I don't know. But, but maybe we're just so distracted that we're thinking, man, I, I have to send that, that email later. Man, I, I have to schedule that meeting later. Man, I, I have to go home and, and cook. I have to clean. Man, I, I have to start saving more money. I, I have to, to get that promotion. I have to do these things and these distractions are fueling, fueling this fear in us, fear in me, that we're constantly behind. That we have to, just like constantly playing catch up, maybe we're, we're feeling this, this constant pull that we have to do more, we have to be more, we have to accomplish more, and we've been operating this way for so long that now we're like stressed out, we're consumed, we're, we're worn down from doing stuff that was never asked of us in the first place. That, that, that is not the vision that God has for us. His vision was not to keep us busy. His vision was not to keep us stressed out and anxious and, and constantly trying to work for it. And, and let me be clear, these things that we occupy our time with, these things that we do, these things that, that might distract us, they're, they're not always these bad or sinful things. It's not bad to take like our, our, our kids to soccer practice. It's not bad to, 
to do more things and, and, and check things off our list. It's not bad to, to finish projects. It's, it's when these things get in the way of our peace, specifically our, our peace with Jesus. That's when we're going to start feeling the lack of peace in our lives. And that's kind of the second thing we can learn this morning, if I could get that next slide, is that eventually, eventually, the lack of peace in our lives is going to start to demand control. Eventually, the longer we go without peace with Jesus, the more we're going to want to control what's happening in and around us. Let's go back, let's go back to our verses. If I get that next slide. Martha asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me here to do the work by myself? Tell her to get in here and help me. Martha is telling Jesus what to do, which is like never a good look, right? And we contrast that with Mary, who is sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening for what? to do. Martha, who is stressed out to the max, does what we all do when we feel this level of stress. She, she starts reaching, reaching to control stuff. We might, we might try to control our situation or our circumstance or, or people or what others think about us. And in this instance, in this moment, Martha is trying to control her sister. She's trying to control Jesus. She, and she doesn't stop at control. She begins to blame. She starts blaming other people for her problems. She says, she, says, she says to Jesus, man, my sister is the reason that I am so stressed. So why don't you tell her to get in here and help me? Man, we, we all have the same exact thought. She, she's telling Jesus what to do. And, and the same goes for us when we get stressed. Because God isn't doing the thing that we want him to do. And that, that impacts our, our, our relationship and our peace with Jesus. Again, if I can get that next slide. I told you you're going to see this 15 times. Jesus tells us he has a vision to bring us peace. And right now, Martha is missing out on that peace because of her intense need to control. And I have some bad news we too will miss out on that peace because of our need to control. Martha asks the question, do you even care about me at all, Jesus? Because if you did, then you would tell my sister to get in here. Man, that, that is, that's too real for me. That's probably too real for us because we, we do this all the time. God, do you even care what's happening to me right now? Because if you did, then you would do the thing that I want you to do. And because you're not doing that thing, then surely you must not care. Martha is doing what we all do. And we have to imagine that Jesus is sitting there thinking, Martha, of course I care about you. In just a few days, I'm going to sacrifice my life for you. 
So just because you can't connect the dots in your head between how I could care for you in this situation doesn't mean that I don't care. I'm going to prove to you on the cross how much I care. Man, this should really challenge us if we have a relationship with God. Because we can say it is so easy for us to say that God cares about us, which he absolutely does. But it is so easy to say that, but our definition of care is really, really important in understanding what that actually means. Now, I used to be a youth pastor, and we know that like, sometimes kids are squirrely. And so whenever I got to like a meaty point or an important point, I'd always say, eyes on me. Okay, so we're going to try this out. Eyes on me. Very good. All right. Our definition of care is important because God may not always act in a way that we want him to act in order to show that he cares about us. I'm going to say that again because it's incredibly complex but super important. God may not always act in a way that we want him to act to show that he cares for us. Does that make sense? I'm, I'm going to break that down a little bit further because Martha, she gets confronted with this truth. In fact, she's been, she's been confronted with this truth um, before. She, we already know she has her sister Mary, uh, but they also have a brother named Lazarus. And one day, Lazarus, he gets sick, and so they send word back to Jesus, and they want him, they expect him to come back and heal their brother. But he, he ends up waiting like two days, and in that time, Lazarus dies. So as Jesus is walking back to the village, back to where Lazarus is buried, Martha comes running up to him, saying, if you had just been here, if you had just done the thing that I asked you to do, then my brother would not have died. Again, Jesus is not caring in the way that she wants him to care. So Jesus responds, he basically says, like, man, I, I waited so that you and everyone around you could see the power of God on display. But, but we don't just see this immeasurable power of God. We, we also see this immeasurable care. Because as he goes up to roll away the stone and, 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 and raise Lazarus from the dead, what happens? He, he weeps. Why? He's Jesus. He knows what he's about to do. He knows he's going to raise this guy from the dead. He knows that he's going to stare death in the face and overcome it with resurrection life. And yet he still cries. Because he, he knows that life was never meant to be like this. It was never meant to be full of heartbreak or pain or grief or sorrow or stress or anxiety. And so he cries. And as he, as he raises Lazarus, from the dead, Martha sees not only the, this immeasurable power of our God, she also sees the immeasurable care of our God. Even if it was in a way that she didn't expect, even if it was in a way that she probably didn't understand, 
there might be some of us this morning were walking in carrying these painful, confusing, heartbreaking situations that we've been walking through in life. That, that really make us wonder and question, does God see us? Does God care about me? Maybe, maybe we've been grieving that loss. Maybe we have been battling through that addiction. Maybe we are, are hurt from that rejection. Maybe we're, we're, we're battling through that illness. And, and those things are, are real. That, that pain is real. But let's not, let's not get this twisted. We have a God who cares about us, who wants to bring us his peace, even if, even if it's in ways that we don't, even if it's in ways we don't want, even if it's in ways we don't understand. So Martha is confronted with this truth again. And at the end of this interaction, he, he offers her the best, most simplest way to receive this peace. And spoiler alert, it doesn't come from us earning it. It doesn't come from us working longer. It doesn't come from us checking more things off our list. It doesn't come from us accumulating more money. Ultimately, if I can get that next slide, ultimately, the one way to find peace, the one way to have it, the one way to live it, the one way to know it, is to know Jesus. Knowing Jesus is, is knowing peace. This is how we find it. This is how we live it. This is, this is what we were uniquely purposed and designed to do. Let's wrap, let's wrap up with, with what Jesus says again. If I get that next slide. Martha, again, came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work all, my, all by myself? Tell her to get in here and help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and you are upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed, there's only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Jesus, in front of these two women and 12 dudes sitting in a living room, bottom lines, our entire existence in one verse. I probably would have saved that for like the thousands, but he does that with 12 people and two women in a living room. He says there's few things needed. Scratch that, there's one. There's only one thing needed at the end of the day, Martha. And it is exactly what Mary is doing right now. So what is she doing? Nothing. She's doing nothing. She is sitting at the feet of Jesus. She is sitting in relationship with him. And, and, and he says to Martha, do you even know what the point of your life is, Martha. Do you even know why you're here? Because right now you are stressed, you are consumed, you are anxious about many things, but none of those things matter. So let me tell you about the one thing that does matter. Let me tell you about why you are here. Let me tell you why you were born, why anyone has ever lived or has ever existed, and that is to know me, to be in relationship with me. 
to listen to me, to sit with me, to have peace with me. Can I get that next slide? Again, Jesus tells us he has a vision to bring us peace. I think that might be the last time you have to see that, so that's good for you. Jesus tells us he has a vision to bring us peace. There are going to be a million reminders each day. Each day. Right now, as soon as you leave. Of all the things that we have to get done. All of the ways that we failed the previous day. All the ways that we still have to be more and do more and achieve more. There is only one. Only one. There is only one thing that will bring us life. There's only one reason why you even have life, and that is to know Jesus, to have a relationship with him. There are few things needed. There's only one thing that matters at the end of the day, Martha, and it isn't cooking. It's not our job. It's not our marriage. It's not our kids, it's not our financial security, it's not in our accomplishments, it's, it's in him. It's sitting with him. And in doing so, Mary, the freeloading sister, is living out her life's greatest purpose, the one thing she was designed to do. So this, this here is how we know that we can have it. This is how we know that we're living in this peace. If we are spending time doing the one thing that matters. That might look different for each of us a little bit. It might mean we have to get up earlier to spend time in his word. It might mean that we have to start giving up some control of our lives in our job, in our marriage, over our kids. It might mean surrounding ourselves with men and women who will point us back to that one thing. But we need to be in relationship with him. The more that we are in relationship with Jesus, the more we get clarity on the things that he says matter and how to do the things that he says matter. This is a long, long way of me telling you that, that, that is our, that's our mission. That's our goal at Covenant Cedars out at camp. We want to see and, and be a space where people get to know him better. We want to see lives changed and transformed by Christ. If I can, if I can get that, that next slide. We, we want to see, oh, I'm sorry, the next one after that. We want to see uh, God bring his peace to our campers. This past year, we, we were able to see 715 campers uh, come, to ca come to camp and get to experience and have a relationship with Christ, kids from Nebraska, Colorado, Missouri, uh, Kansas, from your own church. How awesome is that? We, we want to see uh, God bring his peace into our marriages. If I get that next slide after that. This past year, uh, we had our first ever marriage retreat. It was awesome. We had like 25, 26 couples. Uh, couples growing closer together as they were growing closer to the Lord. These are the people you guys are the people that are raising up our campers. So it's important to be invested in. Uh, we already talked about this a little bit, but next month we're going to have our first ever women's retreat, which is awesome. Is anybody going to that? I know Jessica is. Cool, sweet. Um, man, that's awesome. We're going to have our first ever men's retreat coming up in December. Hopefully we have some men coming up from this church. We want to see people investing 
in themselves with the Lord. Uh, we we want to see God bring his peace into our families. If I get the next slide after that. Uh, this is, oh, look at that beautiful building. Uh, man, we, we just finished that. We, we raised over $425,000. Families from this church helped make this happen. Conversations between a, a mother and a son or a father and a daughter are going to happen that is going to change the trajectory of their lives in this building. So thank you for allowing us to make that happen. Man, if anyone wants to talk about, more about camp afterwards, man, Ash and I will be here. We're nice people. We're not going to bite you or anything. Um, so come talk to us. We'd love to meet you. Um, but man, let, let's be people who are committed to living in this kind of peace. Let's be people who are committed to, to allowing ourselves to catch a breath, to sit still, not to earn it, not to work for it, but to just sit and be with the Lord. I'm going to pray for us this morning, and we'll get moving. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you love us. Thank you so much that you provided a way for us to live in your peace. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to work for it. We don't have to do more, achieve more. We can do absolutely nothing just by coming to your feet, sitting in relationship with you. Lord, I pray blessing over Bethlehem Covenant as, as a whole, for Waverly as a whole, that we can be a community of people that rest in the peace of Christ. I pray all this in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. To stay up to date with all of Bethlehem Covenant Church's information and events, head to bccwaverly.com.